0: to the night. Jimmy Rollins is going to try for three. Here he
1: comes. In the air, down the right field line. Way back there. On an RBI hit by Mitchie Poe. Here's the throw to the plate. It's in the air. He is out. Oh.
2: The 0-2 pitch. Look at this. do What's going on, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of the Phillies Nation podcast. I'm your host, Ty Daubert. We're coming at you with another episode, Hall of Fame edition, Baseball Hall of Fame balloting from the Baseball Writers Association of America. Has concluded. It's been announced David Ortiz was the only player elected on the writer's ballot. He'll go into Cooperstown this summer. Some notable names fell off the ballot. Some Phillies that you may know and love stayed on the ballot for future years going into next year. We're going to break it all down on this episode. I'm joined by my co-host, Nathan Ackerman. Nathan, how are you doing? You Ready to get into this Cooperstown discussion?
1: I'm very excited for this. You know, I always love talking about things that everybody agrees upon and certainly nobody likes to complain about. And from what I know, the Hall of Fame is exactly that. So this should be an exciting and tension-free episode. That's right. Um,
2: To make sure we hit all those points, make sure that everybody agreed on everything we decided. We should bring a third person along. We have Tim Kelly from Phillies Nation and Odyssey Sports to join us. Tim, you've wrote a lot about Hall of Fame stuff, done a lot of talking about it. How are you doing? Are you ready to get into this Hall of Fame discussion?
0: I've written a lot about Hall of Fame stuff, and I love the history of baseball. But I'm not particularly jealous of the people that have to like make votes on the Hall of Fame. So. If yeah. ever, that's a long ways away for me and probably never realistically. So uh, it's fun to talk about in theory.
2: Yeah, definitely. It, it is not, not an easy job. Um, I guess people are going to complain no matter what happens, but that's not to say some of the complaints aren't valid, I would say. But anyways, let's get into it. Like I mentioned, David Ortiz a long time. Red Sox designated hitter. He's elected to the Hall of Fame. Nobody else reaches that 75% threshold. Some names like Barry Bonds, Roger Clemens, other players linked to PDs. David Ortiz also linked to PDs during his career, Uh, maybe not on the scale that Bonds and Clemens have, have been associated with them. Ortiz gets in, Bonds and Clemens don't. I just wanted to know what you guys think of that, kind of that whole discussion. Everything seems like it's kind of a gray area. But what do you think of Ortiz being the one that's elected during this cycle?
0: Yeah, I mean, it's almost kind of a meme of what people have thought of Hall of Fame voting, because for a long time, I think I had been anti-putting PED players in, and I still don't know exactly where I stand. But my answer had always been to be consistent, and I think this shows a clear lack of consistency, Uh, I know that there was a gray area to some degree about the 2003 uh, New York Times list that got leaked of the anonymous testing. Uh, But uh, but the, the benefit of the doubt that was extended to David Ortiz was not extended to Alex Rodriguez when he was the first name that appeared on that list. It has not been extended to Sammy Sosa, who was one of the names that appeared on that list. So, Uh, I think if you're talking statistically, that's one thing, because I've seen this small group on the internet try to say, well, I don't even know. David Ortiz is kind of a fringe Hall of Fame. No, David Ortiz is like first ballot slam dunk, no doubt about it. If you're going statistically, uh, he's one of the best DHs ever. And people say they won't vote for DH. That's asinine. But, uh, yeah, I mean, I I think when you see Barry Bonds, who – is the greatest player I've ever seen. When you see Roger Clemens, who's probably the greatest pitcher I've ever seen, uh, those guys obviously have heavy connections to PEDs and did not get in. When you see that, among others, Sammy Sosa fell off. his 600 home runs, hit 60 home runs three different times. Uh, when you see that and then David Ortiz get in, I, I think it's just, it's rendered the Hall of Fame uh, to, to a lot of people as being, you uh, not serious. And I I don't know exactly what the answer is. I think looking back in hindsight, of course, it's 2020, but there should have been at some point kind of a declaration from the Hall of Fame about what this is supposed to be. Is it supposed to be a museum and you let people decide for themselves uh, in terms of the character of individual people? Or is it supposed to be, you know, as much about character and about guys that did it the right way versus the wrong way. And how do you rate people or compare people that did uh, performance enhancing drugs like Barry Bonds and Sammy Sosa to guys that did greenies in the seventies, like Mike Schmidt has admitted to it. Uh, I think, well, I'm not going to say anymore. I'm not sure about, but I know Mike Schmidt's admitted to it. So yeah, it's a complicated discussion and, I don't know. It's, it's it's kind of ruined the Hall of Fame for a lot of people.
1: Yeah, yeah the, I, the thing I would say – hold on, hold on, real quick. The thing I would say about the whole what the Hall of Fame is is one of the arguments that I don't really buy is, like, oh, you have to preserve the history of the game because, like, nobody's going to, like, forget who Bonds was, who Clemens was because they don't have their name on a plaque in the Hall of Fame, right? You have a ton of their stuff in there as – as is, but like, it isn't like, because they're not gonna make it, like nobody's gonna learn about who these influential players were. I'm not totally convinced of the fact that they should be in the hall because, you know, well, I understand it's hard to tell the story of baseball without them and the league and all the writers kind of just turned a blind eye toward it. I also think like you shouldn't cheat. And if you cheated after it was banned, like that's cheating. And that I I, I, don't, I, I have a hard time moving past that but it does seem like I saw a lot of people hold the opinion that like if they were more friendly to the media, they would be Hall of Famers, which, yeah, it's it's probably true. So I think, you know, you just have to have a better standard by how you judge these guys and things like that shouldn't really be, you know, an important factor when you are voting for the Hall of Fame. But, you know, some of the arguments that are tossed around, like preserving history, like we need to teach future baseball fans who these play like that doesn't really hold much weight in my in my opinion
0: well and I think there's two different things here like Barry Bonds was not a nice guy uh and and that certainly hurt him and that should that's wrong it shouldn't have uh because it should be about your baseball resume Roger Clemens was not a nice guy and has allegations of having a relationship with someone that was well underage when he was like yeah. 30 years old. So, if someone didn't vote for him for that, I'm not gonna get on my soapbox and tell them that they're wrong. Yeah. Uh, so, I, I mean, there, there's just so many different things factored in here. You have very, I, I don't know how anyone could possibly, even if they, if I agreed Omar Vasquez had a Hall of Fame caliber career, which I don't. Uh, I don't know how anyone could possibly vote for him based off of the allegations that we've seen this last year. But I mean, I, I think there's a, a very real part to this that there's a percentage of people voting that haven't covered baseball for a long time or really like only watch the team that they cover or whatever and are not even aware of all the different specifics. They know Barry Bonds and Roger Clemens have been connected to PEDs, but like if you ask them about Gary Sheffield or different guys, I don't know if they'd know. I'm not trying to sound pompous by that, but uh, it, it's like a flawed uh, process for sure. And I, I don't know what the better answer is, but it, it does feel like this whole thing is that you're not getting uh, when the majority of the public is not happy with the outcomes something's wrong with it I think
2: I just wanted to add I think um you know like like you said people can kind of see some of the contradictions and it makes them question why they should care about or pay attention to the hall of fame and I think there's validity in that in cases like you see former commissioner Bud Seelig he's inducted to the hall of fame and it kind of goes back it's the same thing years ago where MLB is is reaping the benefits of guys like Barry Bonds and Mark McGuire and Sammy Sosa, them blowing up that, that helped the, that helped the product it helped their pockets. It helped the expansion of the game and that helped MLB where they're able to keep expanding. And you look back and they can frame it as the game really, it, it changed and continued to expand under ceiling. Um, but the reason for that is a lot of the play on the field and the records that these guys were breaking. And then even to this day, it's like, well, C league is the one reaping the benefits of that. Now he's in the hall of fame where the players are kind of thrown under the bus. They have fall off the ballot. It's kind of, it's just kind of the, the same thing where the players they're in a, in an environment where doing performance enhancing drugs, maybe it's not outwardly encouraged, but people know what's going on in the league turns a blind eye for so long. And, the league is able to and the people representing league are able to kind of get the benefits of that while the players they don't get to do that
0: yeah because performance enhancing drugs broadly baseball began testing for it in 2004 but they were banned i believe as early as like 1990 in terms of broadly they said steroids like there, there clearly was an attempt to look the other way but i also don't buy the well, I'm going to vote for Barry Bonds and Roger Clemens, but I'm not going to vote for Manny Ramirez and Alex Rodriguez because they failed the test. Like, I think either you're saying cheating is wrong and we don't want to encourage cheating in the future, or you're just saying this happened, we're going to acknowledge that this happened and move forward and these were the best players from this era and they deserve to be in. Yeah,
1: what I also want to say to that point is, like, I get it, they saved the game, but it wasn't like, back in the late 90s or whenever they started taking PEDs, these guys were like, oh, baseball needs to be saved. Let me come in, start taking the juice, and then baseball will be saved. It's like, no, what they did at the time was they were taking substances that they knew were against the rules. And as a byproduct of that, yeah, people were kind of like, okay, this is working out pretty well for the popularity of the sport. We're going to turn a blind eye. I'm not saying that was handled well but it isn't like these guys were trying to save the game and like putting their reputation on the line for the greater good of the sport. It's like they were trying to cheat and they cheated. So at some point you have to draw, you have to like, okay, you have to say, what did they do and how did they respond to it? And those things don't have to exist in the same context. Like you can criticize both of them without saying, okay, because they saved the game, they're going to be in the hall of fame. Like, that's not what they set out to do. When they cheated, they didn't have the foresight that it would happen this way. They were just cheating. And that's kind of where I'm at in my book. Like, yeah, it was it was, it was was handled poorly. It was illegal, banned, but it was vague and they didn't test. Like, that's handled poorly by the league and they should have done a better job with that. And they probably shouldn't have handled it the way that they did. To me, that doesn't change the fact that they cheated. And I have a hard time moving past that personally. I know I'm in... I'm I'm one of few who thinks maybe they shouldn't be in the Hall of Fame. You know what? I'm just going to say it. They shouldn't be in the Hall of Fame. If you cheated, I don't think you should be in the Hall of Fame. You can still be recognized. You can still have stuff in the Hall of Fame, like your bat that you hit your 756th home run with, whatever the case might be. People can still learn about the game. But just because you saved baseball, I don't think that means you're automatically a Hall of Famer, even if the powers that be, quote unquote, let you do it. That's handled poorly on their part.
0: I think the one thing that's gotten me to kind of change from that perspective is I'm looking forward to future ballots. You have Carlos Beltran coming up next year, who, I mean, who the hell knows what to do with that whole situation with the Astros. And then someday you're going to have Justin Verlander and Max Scherzer come up who were among a slew of pitchers that supposedly were doctoring baseballs when during their, Sure, surefire hall of fame careers like where do you stop i guess like um and does the hall of fame like become pointless if you're uh never putting people in because of this like yeah people shouldn't cheat and baseball should not look the other way on this stuff but unfortunately the more you learn about baseball history the more you realize this has been littered throughout the history of the sport from babe ruth uh whatever you can look up what babe ruth tried uh
1: yeah but when babe ruth did it it wasn't it wasn't against the rules was it
0: no but i mean babe ruth was trying to cheat i mean i don't know or, or
2: you could look back at like tim said mike schmidt you look back at gaylord perry don Sutton, and their doctoring baseballs it's like where where do you draw the line what what cheating is bad enough where do you decide that that's bad enough to not get in the hall but this cheating is fine and it's what kind of percentage tough to of make your a line
0: career did it have to be if carlos beltran Like, Carlos Beltran was not really even a good player by the time the Astros' sign-stealing scandal was going on. But then it opens up the can of worms. Like, okay, do you think he just started kind of doing these things in the the final season of his 21-year career? Or was he kind of always doing stuff like this? And is this a product? And what does that mean for guys like Altuve and Bregman? Altuve apparently didn't want the signs. That was in the Andy Martino book. Bregman, uh, I mean, I don't know if he's going to end up having Hall of Fame numbers anyway, uh, but he's going to play a ton of years after that relative to like that one potential season. What about guys like Justin Verlander that obviously must have known it was going on and maybe it didn't benefit them directly, but indirectly it certainly did. I I don't know. It It becomes not fun, I think, at a certain point discussing this.
1: Yeah, that's fair. And I mean, I think there are definitely different levels to cheating. Like if you I don't know, if you put spider tack on a baseball for one season, like I don't think that's the same as taking PEDs for 10 years. I'm, I'm, I'm not saying that those guys did it their entire playing days. Obviously, we, we know what Bonds was before he even started, but I don't know. To me, it's OK. Maybe maybe there's some there's some room for argument there. There obviously probably is, as we've seen in the last few days, but it's just the 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 arguments that I've heard about why they should be in the hall of fame. I think to me, it's either you look past the cheating, which is fine. Like if you want to look past it, be my guest, whatever, or you don't. And that's also fine too. But this whole, what they meant to the sport, you can't tell the history of baseball without them. I don't know. That doesn't, that doesn't quite, that doesn't quite sell me.
0: Yeah. It might speak to a kind of inflated sense of, Self worth from the Hall of Fame and some baseball writers potentially, and uh, tied back to one of the things you said, like Bugged Ceiling benefited from it, and yeah, of course he shouldn't be in the Hall of Fame, and you can go down the list, like how many performance enhancing drug users did Tony Larusa manage throughout the course of his career to get to where he got to? Joe Torre, go down the list, um, and like, what is the responsibility of uh, different guys to whistleblow in those type of situations. And honestly, with Bud Steele, like, it's just like commissioners should not be in the Hall of Fame period. Like, you're a servant. It is not your, like, it's just kind of like uh, oligarchs honoring oligarchs when commissioners go in. It's like no one else really wants this or cares about this. It's just kind of like a lifetime achievement for honestly doing the bidding of owners
1: are you saying rob manfred is not a future hall of famer
0: well yeah and that's the thing like is every commissioner ever going to be in the hall of fame because by definition unless there's some catastrophe the sport is going to grow and grow is vague like you can twist that however you want so yeah no i don't think commissioners need to go on the hall of fame i would start there
1: but this is this is back to my point and i'll make this extremely brief you it's, it's also hard to tell the history of baseball without the guys who like literally ran the league so if that's your argument then every commissioner should probably be in because they're the commissioner
0: yeah but i don't think the commissioner really does that much honestly. no
1: probably not probably not probably not all right maybe maybe that was a stretch point is commissioner shouldn't be hall of famers so yeah that's a stupid no, argument. they should not all right mo- moving on from the the steroid talk like we said
2: Clemens, Bonds, Sosa, they fall off. Another person falling off the ballot is former Phillies pitcher, Kurt Schilling, also a Red Sox pitcher, Diamondbacks, among other teams. He falls off the ballot after his 10th year. Um, He saw a big drop in his voting after requesting to be removed from the ballot. He wasn't. That comes after. He saw dips previously. Um, Schilling has made racist, homophobic, transphobic comments that Seem to have affected his um, his voting in the past, and he falls off the ballot. Uh, I, I guess he also, along with Bonds, Clemens, Sosa, they can ap- appear on the Veterans Committee ballot as soon as this upcoming year, I believe. Um, I just want to know: you guys think Schilling going forward has a shot? Um, I don't think anyone's probably shocked at the fact that he lost votes just any quick thoughts on chilling
0: well the the whole pr thing of demanding to be removed from the ballot when you got 71 percent of the vote and we're probably going to get in is really stupid on his part and it's part of a long line of stupid and ridiculous and bigoted things that he's done and i'm sure some people will turn the podcast off at that but like i don't know what you want me to call someone that collects nazi memorabilia and has made transphobic and anti Islamic and go down the list of remarks. It's just, I, I, yeah, I think Kurt Schilling, I, I can understand, even if you normally don't invoke the character clause or what your interpretation of that, how you think, you know what, he's a, a step too far. I will say, I think Kurt Schilling is one of the best pitchers I've ever seen, and it's a lot. Not like the David Ortiz argument, but there's two different things here. If you're saying for the personal reasons you don't think he's in, I understand that. If you're saying you don't think – you're not sure he's like a fringe hall thing, no, he's not a fringe hall. He is a no doubt about it, one of the best postseason pitchers ever. The run him and Randy Johnson had in 2001 and 2002 was insane. Uh, yeah, I mean – fortunately I think when he first got on the ballot that's one of the the bad things that happened to him is back 10 years ago people still cared about pitcher wins and 216 wins in a career was seen as light and that's changed for a variety of reasons now and that's not held against him but I do wonder if he would have gotten in under today's standards before that but he continuously doomed himself in the years that he was on the ballot Where people wanted so desperately, I think, some voters for him to just shut his mouth for a few years and uh, put him in because he deserves it as a player. But he continued to say off the wall, insane, bigoted things. And, you know, I think he should probably be in the Hall of Fame, but I'm not going to feel bad for him that he's not.
1: Yeah. One of the things that bugs me a ton about this whole conversation is he gets wrapped up. With the PED guys in this whole integrity character clause thing. Like these are two entirely different conversations. A few of the guys took PEDs and were overlooked by the league, and they took substances that you weren't supposed to take. Kurt Schilling is just terrible in every definition of the word. Like those are the same kind of integrity breaches, in my opinion. And there are also people that say, yeah, that's exactly true. A few of those guys actually like took things that made them better at the game and gave them an unfair advantage. And he said things off the field, which like, that's a thing you can also say too. I don't personally subscribe to that argument because I think that the things that he said, like I I also find it hard to move past those, but like, these are not the same. These two two arguments and these two integrity things are not the same type of integrity and they can't be viewed on equal playing fields, in my opinion, because they're totally different conversations.
2: Yeah, I, I just, I, I think it's going to be interesting. I think you guys made good points. Like, I, I personally would not vote for Schilling um, for the reasons you guys mentioned. I think it'll be interesting to see what happens in the Veterans Committee going forward because, like Tim mentioned, he was an outstanding pitcher. It is almost hard to believe that before voters seem to care as much about or seem to acknowledge as much what... The things that kept him off the ballot now, like the on-field stuff, they didn't seem to think he was like he met the criteria. So I think that'll be that's going to make the veterans committee stuff really kind of hard to track going forward. I'm really not sure how that'll go. It'll also be interesting to see will he even be on next year's veterans committee ballot. Like, I don't know. I really, I really don't know what's well, gonna, yeah. I would probably
0: – that's for all these guys to kind of give it a, a rest for a while and be back in like five years or something. Maybe the electorate will have changed on these, like they're, they don't call it the veterans committee anymore. There's two different era committees and, you know, given the makeup of it, I don't know if they, I don't know how Peds would be viewed. I don't know how, whatever you want to call Curt Schilling would be viewed. So uh it might be better off for them to wait a few years but kurt schilling did say that the veterans committee is the one that really matters or whatever and uh they have all the integrity so if they strike him down i don't know he also he says he doesn't think he's a hall of famer which i don't believe for a second
1: he said he said i'm gonna leave this to the veterans thing and and the men whose opinions really matter which i think was uh not a coincidence that he chose that specific word to describe the people whose opinions supposedly matter from his perspective yeah but yeah that's true yeah yeah uh,
2: also falling off the ballot a couple of first first ballot guys ryan howard jonathan Papelbon, former phillies fall off the ballot ryan howard of course 2005 rookie of the year 2006 nl mvp World Series champion, big part of the Phillies' uh, run of five consecutive NL East titles. Jonathan Papelbon, the Phillies' all-time leader in saves for the franchise as the closer. He also was a 2007 World Series champion closer, one of the top closers of his era. Both those guys, their first ballot, they fall off. Wanted to know what you guys think of, of both of them. Howard, a great stretch at the start of his career, the injuries and the decline. Probably, you know, that's why he ended up falling off. Papelbon, people don't seem to kind of rate closers like that as Hall of Famers, but, yeah, I don't know. We can get into both of them.
0: Well, I I do value closers as potential Hall of Famers. I think Papelbon is probably a little bit short of kind of the the closers I would really go to bat for. Uh, So he falls off. I'm not particularly surprised by that. He had an excellent career, though. And then Ryan Howard, like you mentioned, he had a five or six year stretch that was insane in terms of power production. But he also had a five or six year stretch where because of injuries, he was not a very good player at the major league level. And you look before he got to the majors, he probably could have come up earlier, but he was blocked by Hall of Famer and Jim Tomey. And that probably, I think people always talk about the injury, but even before the injury, Ryan Howard was starting to decline a little bit he didn't play his first full major league season until his age 26 season. I think that's a bigger deal when you talk about, Oh, could he have gotten to 500 home runs? Well, no, I, I don't think if he comes up at age 26 or 25 plays his first full season at 26 and doesn't have the Achilles injury, he probably is still short of 500 definitely gets to 400, but probably short of 500. But if he had come up a couple years earlier, potentially or even just like a a full year earlier, who knows? Maybe he has another 40 home run season on his resume and we look at him differently. But certainly one of the best Phillies of all time. There's a discussion to be had about retiring his number. But, yeah, I mean, I think he was short for uh, the Hall of Fame.
1: I want to play a little game here. Okay, player A, 28 war, 2.87 ERA. Player B, 23.3 war. Two forty-four ERA. Can you guess player A and player B? I'll give you a hint. We talked about it before we started uh, recording. Is it so Papelbon
0: and Trevor Hoffman? It
1: is Papelbon and Trevor Hoffman. Now look, Hoffman has six hundred one saves.
0: For
1: <laughs> okay, Nathan yeah, Nathan's
2: citing war for relievers right now.
1: Also, earned run average. And okay, Hoffman has six hundred one saves to Papelbon's. Uh, not quite, 601, 368, and he played 18 seasons versus Papelbon's 12th. I'm not saying that Jonathan Papelbon had a better career than 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 Hoffman, but falling off the ballot after one year, I don't know. It, it's, it seems like he got kind of the short end of the stick yeah, there. I think he's say, at, he was at least worthy of some heightened conversation.
0: People say that, but it's like, if you had to vote, would you have voted for Jonathan Papelbon?
1: Okay, th- this, I think, goes back to the fact that the 10 player maximum on each ballot is stupid. And I think that that changes the whole entire com- conversation because okay,
0: the maximum, if I had a vote, say the maximum is gone, would you have voted for Jonathan Pavlov? I wouldn't have, even if the maximum is gone,
1: I would have given him a look, probably not, but like, it wouldn't have been so obvious that one guy is what is Hoffman's probably a first ballot hall of famer. Right. And one guy's off the ballot after one year, like, like it, that, that, that gap, doesn't equal the gap in how much I think Hoffman's a Hall of Famer versus how much I think Palavon's a Hall of Famer.
0: They did make Hoffman wait. I was either second or third ballot for Hoffman, I believe, which was stupid at the time. I thought but... sometimes,
2: sometimes I think you mentioned like Hoffman being an early ballot Hall of Famer and Palavon not considered. Sometimes I think we like overrate first ballot stuff. And it's just like sometimes guys are mm-hmm. a Hall of Famer or they're not, or it's yeah. like this weird waiting system. Well, like... then
0: there's these weird, the traditional i'll call them voters that like they acknowledge oh i'm gonna vote for this guy at some point but not now and it's not because their ballots fill it's just like i don't think this guy's a first ballot hall of famer well that's stupid but i like there's something to be said for someone that with as many issues as there are with hall of fame voting gets enough together to get 75%. Like that is, there is a bigger accomplishment to me in being a first ballot Hall of Famer than uh, being like uh, getting in on your sixth or seventh year. Because it it is really impressive to be that great that everyone just agrees that you're a Hall of Famer from the get-go. There's, you don't have to like build traction over the course of years. But yeah, people that say, well well I am not gonna vote for him because I don't think he's a first ballot Hall of Famer, but I'll I think he's a second ballot. That's stupid.
1: He also has more K's per nine, fewer walks per nine, fewer hits per nine, and a
0: lower whip. I I'm just I'm just throwing Pays, it out there.
2: K's per nine. for he played later. Like come
0: on. Yeah, no, I, I think this is Hoffman's case though, and I'm not big on guys that their case is on compiling, but like six hundred saves. I don't know how that guy isn't in the hall. That to me is what he's in the hall of fame for. He did have some insanely dominant seasons. I think he finished second in Cy Young voting one time. So like peak Trevor Hoffman was really, really good. Uh, and he, it does probably help him that he played for a franchise primarily that doesn't have a lot of hall of famers. And even as a closer, he's like one of the five best players in the history of the team where Papa bond is the all time saves leader for two different franchises, but they're franchises that have uh, the red Sox have storied history and the Phillies have been around since 1883. So like there's a a, a ton of people to compete with in those two where when you're competing with the Padres, there's a lot less people.
2: Yeah. uh, We can move on to another first ballot guy that ended up staying on the ballot. That's Jimmy Rollins. He got over 5% that he can stay on future ballots. Um, What do you guys think of Rollins' case for me? I think personally, he's probably short of a hall of famer. Um, Just if you 2007, obviously a great year. For Jimmy Rollins, all around he was a great fielder at his peak, but it's kind of the offensive stats that are a little bit, little bit short for me. You look at the, the totals over his career, and he's like through OPS plus or numbers like that. He's like a little bit below league average. Rollins, a great player to me, probably probably a touch short. But what do you guys think of? Yeah, I, I think he, on?
0: I think he's short, but I think he'll also stay on for quite some time and. I would bet that 9.4 that he got this year is the lowest total he'll get. He'll probably be on all 10 years, and we'll see what ultimately happens. There is something to be said for winning an MVP and being the all-time hits leader for the Phillies and being one of the better players at your position in the era, certainly. Uh, But, yeah, I, I think he is short, and I constantly hear this comparison to Barry Larkin, so I did like a deep dive on it last night. Barry Larkin hit 300 or better nine times Jimmy Rollins did it zero times like if you want to make a case for Jimmy Rollins don't use that comparison because it's honestly it's not a good one it speaks to how underrated Barry Larkin was in a sense but I mean just because two guys each have an MVP and each have a World Series and played the same position does not mean that they're really that similar so Uh, I think there's like Ron's going to hang around in a lot of ways. I think he could be like Billy Wagner, where he hangs around that 30, 40, 50% builds traction, but I don't know that he's necessarily going to be someone that gets to 75. And if I had a vote, I probably would not vote for him. But I think regardless, the Phillies should retire his number because uh, without dissing anyone specific, because it, it applies to most of them, honestly, the Phillies have seven retired numbers, and at least a few of those guys, Jimmy Rollins is a better Philly than He might not have had the better overall career, but he's a better Philly. And uh, so I think regardless, he, he should have be on the wall of fame, of course, that'll come, and then in time uh, retire the number 11
1: uh Rollins 20th vote came from Stark who wrote in a piece for the Athletic he pointed out his MVP four gold gloves more than 2400 hits more than 200 homers more than 400 steals and more than 857 which is an arbitrary number extra base hits most hits in the history of the franchise longest hitting streak since 1984 by a shortstop and his role as the centerpiece of a world series team so for the people who I guess, support his Hall of Fame case. I guess you can point to that and have a reasonable argument. But I think, Ty, I, I come back to the 95 OPS plus and the 47.6 war, which Stark also pointed out. And yeah, he probably doesn't quite get it done. But I, I probably also agree with Tim, though, that he probably sticks around for 10 years on the ballot. And I think there's some, I don't know, that's, that's impressive. I mean, there's a small group of people who make the Hall of Fame There's a slightly larger but also pretty small group of people who, you know, stay on the ballot for more than one year. And then there's an even smaller group of people who make it through all 10. So even if you're not in the hall, I'm not saying like, you know, it's 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 obviously not what he wants. He wants to be a Hall of Famer. And I think that's perfectly reasonable. But like, I don't know, I think it's worthy of acknowledging that he had an impressive you know, stints by the fact that he is probably going to stay on the ballot for 10 years or did at least one, which means he couldn't have been a total scrub. I know nobody's trying to say that, but I don't
0: know. Well, and truthfully, being on TV, which he is both locally and nationally, keeps you in the forefront of people's minds. He, I've interviewed him, like, once or twice, and, like, the personality is real. It lights up a room, like – again, these things maybe should not affect it, but they do for some voters. And uh, it it does kind of speak to uh, I think it's impressive that you look at who voted for him and it's almost all people that covered him. And when you have people that cover you, people that play with you, people that manage you, that think you are, even if you don't end up being a Hall of Famer, like that's powerful, I think.
2: Yeah, and well, we say all three of us that Rollins is probably a little bit short. I, I think you can think back to some people have been inducted um, maybe less so recently that voters have seemingly for all we've said about hall of fame voters kind of not as many cases as guys who aren't really hall of fame types getting into the hall of fame, at least not on the writer's ballot. But if, if Jimmy Rollins was inducted to the hall of fame, I don't think anybody would be like, you know, really upset about it. I, I think that, yeah. It would be a yeah, fine
0: it'd be a, a not, fine induction. It's not Harold Baines.
2: Yeah, no, it, it's not Rollins. was Really good player for a long time. MVP season, a franchise legend. Like if he got in, nobody would really be upset about it. But yeah, Tim's, I did.
1: I I did see a few people on the Twitter um, who were saying who were you know trying to get mad at people's individual uh, things, and they were saying how did this guy vote for Rollins and not Andrew Jones? And there were a few, Ty just made fun of me for saying the Twitter, excuse me, Twitter. Um, and there were a few things like that. Like, how can you vote for this guy, but not this guy? But I think by and large, you're probably right that, you know, nobody would be extremely upset. Also, Andrew Jones, who got a shout out, um, or Tim Tim got a shout out from Andrew Jones about his Hall of Fame case. So, uh, but anyway, yeah. Yeah, that's, well, that's, we're probably not
0: going to get right. to Andrew Jones, so I'll say it quickly summarize, Andrew Jones is the best fielder I've ever seen at any position and hit over 400 home runs. And yes, he got out of shape and was kind of done by the time he was 30, but he also debuted when he was 19 and he should be in the Hall of Fame. So thank you.
2: Well said. All right, we can move on from Rollins and talk about some other guys who stayed on the ballot. Tim mentioned Billy Wagner before. Wagner, he pitched for the Mets, the Phillies, the Astros, Um, Scott Rowland, who started his career with the Phillies stays on the ballot. He obviously demanded a trade out. You guys know the rest of the story. And Bobby Abreu stays on the ballot. What do you guys think of of those guys who has the best chance to eventually make it into the hall of fame? Do you think there's any shot? All three of them make it two out out of the three. What do you think of the, of, the case from all those guys and what it means for them to continue on the ballot moving forward
0: well i'm encouraged in what we've seen over the past few years because i remember writing an article when i was working solely at wip and saying that i thought scott Rowland should be a hall of famer and it was not like i'm not someone that writes articles if i don't believe what they are saying like it wasn't some uh attention grabbing headline to get quote tweets it was I think that, and it's—he's one of the guys I just don't get where the disconnect is with people. Again, one of the greatest defenders of all time, like one of the five best defensive sh- third basemen of all time. I was talking to Chris Wheeler a few weeks ago, who obviously probably knows more about him and Larry Shank know more about Philly's history than anyone that's ever lived, probably. And uh, Chris Wheeler said, "I saw Mike Schmidt play, and Mike Schmidt was the better player, but Scott Rowland was the better defender." And you add in some of the peak numbers that Roland had offensively were excellent. uh, And it kind of got overshadowed because his peak came during the back half of the steroid era and that's not his fault. And by there's no connection of him to steroids. So to me, he's someone that should be on. And I think he's trending towards it. I don't know if he'll get on next year, but uh, at some point in the next two or three years he should get on. And uh, yeah, I mean, I, I see people saying, oh, well, th- how could Scott Rowland be close but, like, X player isn't? It's just, like, Scott Rowland's better. I, I don't know what to tell you. You missed out. Maybe he wasn't always a likable guy, but uh, he was, like, you You look at players. I've heard Chipper Jones talk really glowingly about him. I-, I don't get it to me. Scott Rowland was a pretty clear case. Now, Billy Wagner, there's a debate to be had but 422 saves, and he pointed out once when I asked him about it that he could have kept pitching for longer. He chose not to, and like that shouldn't necessarily be held against the guy because he pitched for a long time. It's not like he retired after an eight-season career. He pitched a long time in the league. 422 saves, which is sixth all-time. Uh, a lot of the uh, more advanced numbers, top Trevor Hoffman. I would vote for Billy Wagner, but I can understand someone that that wouldn't vote for Billy. And to me, I, I'm not sure. He's kind of a 50-50 guy in terms of whether I think he's going to get on. Bobby Abreu, I think, offensively has a much better case than a lot of people are willing to admit. I think overall he maybe falls a little bit short because it, while the fielding stuff is – perhaps a little bit overblown about running into walls. He was not a great fielder and he maybe is a guy that needed to be that to cement his case. I'm a little surprised he hasn't gotten a bit more traction than he has, but Bobby Brady was an excellent player. And uh, I'm happy even if it uh, it doesn't end up with him in the hall of fame, that there is some recognition that he was underappreciated during his time.
1: Wagner also has more K per nine, fewer hits per nine, and a lower whip and a lower earn on average than Trevor Hoffman, and he only played two fewer seasons. But about Scott Rowland, I, I know it's not the most like advanced analytics metric that's out there, but if you win eight gold gloves, like that all but does it in my book, as long as you have somewhat competent offense, which he certainly had and I, I, it seems like he's probably going to get in, right? This this whole year was essentially about who can live to see one more year on the ballot, or just create some, I don't know, upward trajectory in some sense. Because guys like Bonds, Clemens, uh, are going to fall off the ballot, and because of the ten, the ten person maximum that we've all agreed is very dumb, uh, they're going to have a much better shot next year. And given the jumps that he's made the last few years, it seems like he has a pretty good case. The only thing is, which team does he go in with? Which is only a half. Uh, I, that's I like half joke when I bring that question up because uh, obviously we know what happened toward the end of his playing days with the Phillies. But um, his 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 offensive numbers are pretty comparable. Uh, he played one more season here. There's more volume there. Obviously, he didn't run a win a ring there like he did with the Cardinals. But uh, yeah, he'll 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 be with the Cardinals. I just thought it was interesting because when I think of him, I think of him like obviously going in with the Cardinals, but when I looked at the numbers, it was, it was was kind of close.
0: I think he could go in with a blank cap. I don't think that's impossible. And yeah, uh, literally it's 20 years after he left. I remember I was a little kid when it happened. And um, like, if you go back and read some of the stuff that was going on at that time, maybe he wasn't easy to deal with, and maybe he didn't love playing in Philadelphia, but Uh, There was some truth, I'll leave it at that, in some of the criticisms he was making back then. And I think even people at the Phillies now would probably tell you that's the case. So uh, I I would say he goes in as a cardinal or with a blank cap, but he should 100% be on the Phillies Wall of Fame. And it is just past time that this, like this hatred for Scott Rowland in Philadelphia is just goofy at this point.
2: Do you think he makes it into the wall of fame? The I don't know wall of fame. because
0: uh, unfortunately, or I mean, it, it is what it is. The wall of fame is a promotional event. They do like, if I had a wall of fame, I wouldn't even put someone on there every year, but of course they're going to do it. It's the best weekend of the, the year at the park. So maybe eventually he'll get on, but yeah, I mean, I, I don't know. There, there's a lot of people that wouldn't do it, but I, I look at like, Other guys that are on there that were maybe more liked and were on 2008 World Series or 1980 or whatever, they were part of one of these great teams. But they didn't play as long as Roland did. He played six and a half years with the Phillies. And they weren't as good as Scott Roland. So, I mean, make it out what you will. But to me, uh, Scott Roland should be on there, yes.
2: I wanted to go back to Bobby Abreu. Tim, like you mentioned, his offensive stats, when you take a deeper dive, like it's comparable to some other Hall of Fame outfielders. But I I think the thing that kind of hinders Bobby Abreu is it's just like kind of the old school Hall of Fame test. Like you say somebody's name to a person, is this guy a Hall of Famer? And I don't think most people are just saying that Bobby Abreu is a Hall of Famer. Like to be honest, he just doesn't feel like a Hall of Famer to a regular person. I get that argument. I think he's kind of borderline, Um, but I think that's kind of the big thing that, that holds him back, whether that's, that's right or not, that may not be the right way to. Yeah. I I don't get that argument.
0: I I think that's just laziness out of people that make that that argument. And it's hopefully something that as newer blood gets in there, will kind of be phased out. Look, if if, it's like, if you don't want to do the research on the players, just don't vote on the hall of fame, but like, yeah. If you do, then you need to do research like it's a 400 level college class on this. Now, you don't need to do that much research to be to put a check next to Randy Johnson and Ken Griffey Jr. But yeah, I, I don't know why this is such like an asinine concept to some people that other guys you dig a little bit deeper and you realize, oh, I cover baseball in the East Coast and they play in the West Coast or I cover X team that was always in the world series and Bobby Abreu played on a lot of teams that didn't make the playoffs, but was still an excellent player. So I need to do more research and dig around a little bit. It should not be frowned upon to do research for the hall of fame. Like there's this scoffing from people. And I think Jay Jaffe wrote it. I forget who that actually said, like, people say, Oh, we're just letting anyone in now, but this era actually has like the least volume of hall of famers when you compare it to other errors,
2: Yeah, I, I would definitely agree with that. I, I think as we look forward, um, somebody who kind of has a similar, not exactly similar, but somebody who a little bit underrated when you think of like who a Hall of Famer is, Chase Utley's coming up in two years. I believe it's Carlos Ruiz and Jason Worth coming up next year for future ballots, uh, if I have that right. Do we want to get into maybe who are are some of the next Phillies in future ballots that could get in? We we talked about the guys who are already on the ballot, but who has not been on the ballot yet that will get consideration and could be inducted into the Hall of Fame in the next few years here?
0: Yeah, I mean, I think Utley, as far as guys that have not been on the ballot, is probably your next best bet. Um, I know he didn't have the peak or didn't have the – it's weird to say because he played till he was 38 years old or 39. So, to like, to say he didn't play that long is kind of wrong. But he doesn't have the uh counting stats because in his early 30s he had the knee problems. But at his peak, like, there, there's a famous Sunday Night Baseball clip when John Miller and Joe Morgan were still announcing it where John Miller goes, they say Utley might be the best second baseman since Joe Morgan. And literally the next pitch, Chase Utley gets a home run and Joe Morgan goes – I'll say, like that was how Chase Utley was thought of in like 2008, 2010. That like this is one of the best to ever do it. And yes, he had the injuries, but I think there's enough of a peak that Chase Utley's a Hall of Famer. And it's not because I grew up watching the Phillies, because you can go down the list of players I just mentioned that were on those same teams that I don't think meet the criteria. But to me, Chase Utley is probably one of the ten best second basemen of all time. And uh, I think he's worthy. I don't think he'll get in on his first ballot, but I do think eventually he'll get in. And honestly, if he doesn't get in, and who knows what happens with Kurt Schilling. I know he said he'd want to go in as a diamondback. I don't know if he'll get in regardless. If it's not Utley that's the next Philly to wear Philly's cap in the Hall of Fame, I mean, it might be Bryce Harper. It's, it's going to be a while. Uh,
1: Utley, 9.2 more war than... Uh... Ortiz the only guy elected to the Hall of Fame this year. Do with that what you will. I say that as another half joke too. It seems like I I kind of agree with you Tim. It seems like he's also has a pretty decent Hall of Fame case. I think at the at the very least he could be a guy like rollins who, you know, sticks on one year and maybe sticks on all 10. It, even if he doesn't like even if he doesn't get inducted uh, you know, by the very end. It, it like it feels like he could have a long stay on the ballot and at least be the topic of some conversation. It feels like with the other two, uh, Chooch and 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 Worth, uh they they both feel like one year guys. I don't know. If 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 one of them were to stick on the ballot for more than one year, I don't know which one would be more more likely. Do you guys have an opinion on that or is that not really a conversation worth having because neither so of them will we,
2: we could comment on it. Worth didn't the issue with Worth is that he didn't play until he was like pretty old. You know, you think back he filled in in 2007 and was really good. Then the Phillies signed Jeff Jenkins to play over him. Uh, and that he was better than Jeff Jenkins. And then he was great in, he was good at getting an 09 great in 2010. And then he moves on to the nationals has a couple good years before he, uh, you know, kind of declines there, but it's tough. I think it would actually be Ruiz. I think you could get people who buy into the, um, you know, He caught four no-hitters and was a a big defensive part of a team that won the World Series and all that. And all the starting pitchers who have ever worked with him speak very highly of Carlos Ruiz. So I think maybe he could get votes that way, but it feels like they probably both failed to reach 5%.
0: Yeah, I don't think either will be particularly close. Um, So there's that. But circling back to Utley, Like, I hear there are a lot of these older school criticisms of them because analytically he meets the criteria in most cases. I hear he didn't finish top five in MVP voting. Well, the problem is a lot of his peak came during the first problem is John Lennon broke his hand in 2007 or he probably would have won the MVP that year. But it came right before we got a lot of these more advanced numbers and if you look based on war and I'm not saying war is the end-all be-all but for like a five or six year stretch he was like the third or fourth best player in the game so if you're going to say well he never finished in the top five in MVP voting well that seems to me to be more of an indictment on the MVP voters and the voting process at that time than on Chase Utley and I've heard other people say he was just all right in the field again it's just not true that's not the case Uh, you go defensive run saved, which is not a perfect number. And a lot of people didn't really have access to those numbers back then, but he's like second over a six or seven year period behind only Yadier Molina and that's second at second base, second overall of every defender in baseball. He was an excellent fielder at his peak. And uh, yeah, I mean, there is this weird group of Phillies fans that like tears down chase Utley. It's, it's goofy and sad to see because you can count on one hand the amount of uh, Phillies players you're going to see in your life that put up an eight-war season. Uh, I think I can count on two fingers. Like, I think it's just Utley and Roy Halliday. They both did it. Actually, Halliday only did it once. I think Utley did it two or three times. And I, it was at his peak. This is one of the best players to ever play for the Phillies. And, uh, again, another guy that if he's not in the Hall of Fame, they should retire his number, but he should be in the Hall of Fame.
2: Tim, you mentioned the MVP stuff, the war stuff. I I think I recall seeing a tweet the other day. It was someone who worked for Baseball Reference. I can't remember who it was, but it was a screenshot of the 2007 MVP voting. Mm -hmm. And Utley finished like pretty down the ballot, but he had over a nine war. And the person for Baseball Reference was like, it's a real shame we didn't have this war model uh, back in 2007. Because Chase Utley would have uh, fared a lot better in some of these. From the eight eight
0: rankings, f- you know, number who eight finished, this season, you know, who finished above him, Giovanni Soto. It, it's just like it's the Eric Andre meme, like, we're all trying to find the guy who did this. It's like, you, yeah, you got it wrong back then. I don't know what to tell you. Uh, people were so enamored with home run numbers back then, and Utley would hit like 30 home runs, but he wasn't someone that was going to be pushing with poo holes and Prince Fielder and Ryan Howard. So he was further down the list, but th- there is no Uli should add four or five times where he finished in the top five in MVP voting. So to cite that again is just an outdated way of thinking.
2: Yeah, Nathan, anything to add
1: on Uli? Honestly, I think you guys covered it all pretty much. I just don't think accolades. I mean, I know I just cited eight Gold Gloves for Scott Rowland as as an argument like against or not for his hall of fame case. But yeah, like, I don't, I don't, I don't think you should be, you know, only going on what the voters back then thought, like comparing them to other, like who, who valued which stats more back then. And then how has that changed now? It's like, it just doesn't apply anymore. So yeah, you guys, you guys are right. Nice job. All right.
2: This is kind of the last thing I wanted to hit. We touched all, all the hall of fame stuff um, from this year, pretty much. We mentioned Harper as if Utley doesn't get in, who Harper would be the likely next Philly to get in. Is there anyone else on this team that you think that on the Phillies, even not just this year, but kind of playing over the last three years or so that could turn themselves in the hall of famers? Um, Jose Bautista play, of course, played for the 2018 Phillies, probably not getting in, but at his peak, an incredible hitter. I guess the last player to appear for the Phillies that would have a case. I don't even know who that would be. Like Arietta's probably short. Another yeah, I mean, I think
0: peak. McCutcheon will probably get more than 5%, I guess. Okay, but yeah. I
2: don't think he's he – like did. borderline. He's yeah, close. Yeah, I don't think he really And he's not part. done, so I guess it, he could have like another uh, all-star season and maybe – Yeah,
0: I, I doubt it. but Probably, uh, yeah. Honestly, the best case is that Zach Wheeler has a 30s like Max Scherzer did. Because Zach Willis has like a lot of underrated seasons in his twenties where like it, it, he flashed the frontline potential and because he could be a number one people underrated when he was like a two or a three. So if you take that and then you put together four or five seasons, like what he did last year, who knows? I mean, probably not, but who knows? And uh he's another guy there's going to be a few guys I think that we look back and we are like damn what if the 2020 season had been a full season and they'd gotten to put up that production like Bryce Harper it would have been his 20 age 27 season if he finishes with you know 480 home runs it's we're going to look back at that and say that probably cost him 500 home runs so that's something uh historically that we all lived through now that uh is going to factor into these discussions down the road.
1: Yeah. I was going to say the same thing. I mean, there are a lot of late bloomer guys in the hall of fame where, yeah, if you, if you take what he's done for the last couple of years and you, you know, you finish top five in the Cy young, like for the next, I don't know, seven or eight years. And he probably puts up like, what like a three ERA over that, 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 that span. I mean, then you have a peak of like, eight to 10 years where he's like one of the best pitchers in the game. Um, And I mean, it's, it's not like we haven't seen anything like that before. Like it isn't like we've never seen a pitcher who just got a late start and then had an awesome last 10 years. So like, again, it's probably not going to happen, but if there's somebody else that's on the current team that it would, that would get to the hall of fame one day, I don't think you can necessarily rule him out based on what he's done in the last few years. He needs to keep this up and maybe even do more for the next six years seven years eight years probably more but i guess he would be the next closest i don't think anybody from the current team is going to make it other than bryce harper personally
0: yeah and like it kind of real muto any shot. yeah well that's the thing it speaks to how difficult it is as a catcher you have to be like a generational uh or at least have one or two seasons like that like buster posey i think is gonna have a good case i'd vote for him joe mauer same thing like even if you don't play for forever you have to have three or four or five seasons where you're unquestionably not just the best catcher, but like maybe the best player in the sport. And Real Muto is going to have a stretch here where he's either the best catcher or like second or third, but it's short of hall of fame level. Good. And again, it's like another guy he's played a ton, but he didn't really get going until he's 26. Buster Posey and Yadier Molina got going much younger than that. And it benefits them because as much as guys say, like, "Oh, I'm gonna buck the trends and catching in my 30s," like it just usually does not work out that way. Well.
2: What are the odds that the Houston Astros turn Hector Neris into the next best reliever of the next six years?
0: Does like Hector one- Neris go in with an Astros cap?
2: We'll have to see. <laughs> he, as Johnny Heller would say, he is a Wall of Famer already. Though, he doesn't have. I've never known, known if
0: is Johnny like serious about that.
1: Who's to say, yeah, I, don't,
0: I, don't I, I have no idea. Sometimes I
1: think he should be in the on the wall of fame, though. No, all time reliever strikeout strike most, most strikeouts by reliever <laughs> in most, franchise like, history.
0: Obscure that's when you have to start like going to these things. and I've seen it with some people making Hall of Fame cases. It's like he's the only person to hit to have 200 doubles and 100 uh sack flies. And it's just like if you have to make like these different like things up it's like it's probably not a good case
2: that was like like Nathan mentioned it that was like Stark. the Rollins thing yeah, yeah. like yeah. Stark even acknowledged it what was it like seven yeah. extra base hits. Eight, or something
1: 857 like 857 extra base look I I brought that up largely as a bit I mean yeah I, I, I kind of I love, agree with Tim
0: I love Stark Stark's a legend and yeah like if you're gonna make a a Hall of Fame case with Jimmy Rollins that probably is the path I just think if you have to use different criteria for anyone when you're talking about these, if probably doesn't speak well to their chances.
2: Yeah, I would agree. Any, anybody, anything else you want to add? Hall of Fame thoughts, um, any non Phillies Hall of Fame thoughts for future years, Tim, you got a chance to advocate for Andrew Jones. I guess if you have anyone else you want to advocate for either, either one of you.
0: Um, I'm going to be like a a couple years when Joe Maurer gets on the ballot, I guess I'm going to have to die on that hill because he was a pretty much a perfect player at his peak. Um, nobody else is necessarily coming to mind right now, but, uh, I'm interested to see David Wright because like David Wright had a lot of the same qualities as Chase Utley and was certainly that type of player at his peak. Um, I think Troy Tulowitzki was a guy like that too. That's probably like a little short but at his peak was like one of the better players you've ever seen at that position so it's just interesting to decide how many years is it that you have to be at that level Uh, because we saw it with Cliff Lee and Johan Santana that that was not enough Uh, Sandy Koufax is in the Hall of Fame and rightfully so and is considered one of the best pitchers of all time but but retired after like his age 31 season so it, it is just like how many great years do you have to have how much do you weigh? Peak versus accumulation. It's an interesting debate.
2: Nathan, do you have anyone?
1: Uh, I mean, I don't know. I was I was looking at the list of first time twenty twenty three guys on the on the next ballot, and like I, it's pretty it's pretty dry. I don't know if there are any Hall of Famers on there. Like maybe Beltron, maybe, but yeah, I don't know. I, don't, I think
0: Beltron is one of the guys, though. That it's like. People are going to say, well, I don't even know if he is a Hall of Famer. I think he is like a certain Hall of Famer. If you're doing statistically, it's just about whether the case like there is is All-Star game tallies should not be that heavily weighed. But there is like a point where if you have nine all-star game appearances like you, you were probably a Hall of Famer.
2: Yeah, I I would agree. I just want to add. This isn't me advocating for a player. It's actually against, and it's kind of the point that Tim was just making. I I don't need people telling me that Mark Burley is a Hall of Famer when guys like Cliff Lee and Johan Santana, they fall off the ballot. He
1: threw a perfect game, Ty. He threw a perfect game.
2: And a no-hitter. Santana threw a no-hitter. It was fraud.
0: No, yeah, it was was a a fake. no-hitter. It was a
1: joke. Ty, it was a joke.
0: I know, I know. (laughs) Santana's no-letter was nonsense, and it's well, people- actually sad that that game makes people remember Johan Santana as a Met because Twins' Johan Santana was nasty. Him and Francisco Liriano, Phillies, great when they were together.
2: Well, people forget that the only reason Mark Burley is clearly remembered for that perfect game is because Gabe Kapler took a yard until Dwayne Wise, uh, he robbed it, one of the best catchers you'll ever see. But Mark Burley is not a Hall of Famer in a world where Cliff Lee, Johan Santana, they fall off the ballot. It's mind-boggling. He's just
0: not a Hall of Famer in any world, no disrespect. He pitched in the league for a long time and was very good. He just doesn't rise to that level. Like To have the accumulation case, you better be Mike Mussina, where you just literally pitch for 20 years of being like, maybe not Randy Johnson and Roger Clemens, but you're like a two for 20 years. It's like, all right, then, yeah, you're probably a Hall of Famer. But outside of that, like, it, it has to be somewhat about the peak and how dominant you were at, at the height of your powers.
1: I completely forgot that Gabe Kapler hit that ball. Yeah, he did. <laughs> he was he, did. he was also playing – wasn't he also playing right field when Utley hit his first career home run? Yeah. He was like well, – he, he was the one who watched it go up. Wow. Yeah, he has so many
0: weird connections. And you know, whenever it is that the Phillies make the playoffs next, and by this standard, it could literally be 10 years. Gabe Kapler will probably still be managing. He's relatively young. You know they're going to face Gabe Kapler in the playoffs. Like, there's just no doubt. Uh, He also, like, when the Phillies beat the Brewers in 2009 and Cliff Lee had, like, the complete game in game one – Gabe Kapler was on that team, but he was injured. But yeah, he's all over Phillies history.
2: When Gabe Kapler is inducted to the Hall of Fame as manager, does he go in with a Phillies cap?
0: <laughs> <laughs> if Gabe Kapler gets inducted onto the Wall of Fame or into the Hall of Fame, do the Phillies put him on the Wall of Fame? Do they
2: retire number nineteen or <laughs> yeah. do they retire retire twenty two? They goals? have to
0: do they have to do the Kobe Bryant thing where you retire multiple numbers. <laughs> 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 all right i think that might
2: be a good place to wrap it up uh thank you everyone for listening thank you tim for coming on talking hall of fame with us um wanting to let everyone know where they can follow you and all that
0: yeah uh at tim kelly sports on twitter and on facebook and then we're we're continuing the run of uh, baseball lists on odyssey sports
2: all right tim thanks again everyone thank you for listening we'll talk to you next time